to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Community associations often get creative in programming activities for homeowners. Sometimes these activities may involve games of chance like raffles, lotteries, drawings, and 50-50s. But these games are considered gambling and state regulations do apply. We'll discuss these games of chance and how community associations can become licensed to host such events with Paula Hari, a former member of the Board of Traditions of America at Hanover, located in Bethlehem, PA. Paula, welcome to Community Matters Podcast, and please tell our listeners a little bit about your community, Traditions of America at Hanover. Thank you, Tony, for inviting me to this session. I um, am a former board member of Traditions of America at Hanover, which is a 55 and older um, homeowners association with 241 homes. Uh, It's located uh, just north of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Great. I think I've actually been to your community. It's been a couple of years, though, but I uh, I remember it well. I think we had an event there one time. And we're a gold star community, I have to say. Yes, you are. Uh, and since you mentioned that, let me just say our listeners can find out more about what a Gold Star community is on our website at www.cai-padelval.org. So uh, games of chance. Paula, what Pennsylvania laws apply when we're talking about a community association hosting small games of chance? And what kinds of organizations do these laws apply to? Pennsylvania has uh, a code, Title 61, Chapter 901, which is talks about small games of chance. And there's also Pennsylvania's Local Option Small Games of Chance Act that was originally developed in 1988, uh, re- most recently amended in 2013. And this authorizes certain nonprofit organizations um, to hold small games of chance. Um, and these are called eligible organizations. Um, non, the eligible organizations are a nonprofit organization, and I'll just read it from the, from the uh, act, that is charitable, religious, fraternal, or veterans organization, a club, civic and service organization, or an affiliated nonprofit organization of a major sports league team. Uh, it, it must be in existence prior one year prior to uh, the application. I mentioned a few different types of small games of chance that the statute regulates uh, during the opening. What kinds of events did you host at your community association that fell under this area? Well, we have wine and cheese every Friday night, and we have a 50-50 drawing um, those nights. Uh, and at all pretty much every event that we hold, we, we have 50-50 drawings. We also hold race night games. Uh, and during those race nights, we have pull taps. So um, because of that, and because there was com- confusion about 
who could come and et cetera, and how to hold them. And we, we actually did some research into what the rules and regulations and laws were around small games of chance. So uh, Paula, these events, the wine and cheese, the race night that you mentioned, um, they're considered games of chance because you're, you're giving away cash prizes, I assume? Uh, not necessarily. We are giving away cash prizes, but small games of chance could be also raffles or draw other drawings, auctions, uh, punch boards. There's there's many different small games of chance that are included in this law. We just we just didn't don't do all of that. Right. Okay. So uh, if a community association actually needs to apply for a license to host such games, and there's different types of licenses, correct? Yes, there are. Um, there is the annual license, which is um, for a year. There are 30-day licenses, which means that if you want to just hold one race night and don't do anything else, you could just get a license for 30 days, which is obviously less expensive than the annual license. And then there are special licenses. Um, if you're going to be distributing uh, more than $2,000, you have to have a special license for that. So if I were a community association board member and we wanted to host some of these events similar to what you've done at Traditions of America at Hanover, how would I go about applying for such a license? Well, first of all, um, you go online to uh, Pennsylvania and just Google Pennsylvania small game of chance license and it'll come up. Um, <clears throat> uh, but you will need the license, the application completed and notarized. Um, you have to have the community's declaration, articles of incorporation, bylaws, last year's tax return or the last tax return that was done, your lease or deed of the licensed property where the, where the event will be held, and it's $125. And that $125, sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. Um, that you, you would take those to the courthouse, to the Department of Reg Revenue, or to the treasurer's office, and they'll, they, they want all those, are, those documents to give you the license. And is it, is it instant approval, does it, or does it take them some time? They have to get back to you? No, it's, as long as you have all those things right there, um, it's instant approval. Um, I went down to the courthouse in Northampton County, uh, handed them all the documents, and they handed me the license. Right. It, the, the 125, was that the annual? Did your community yes. used to get the annual? Okay, so if it were a shorter 30-day, for example, it would be less expensive, presumably? I believe it's $25. Okay. Do you need to display the license um, during the actual game? Yes, you do. Yes, you have to have the license um, available um, to be and easily seen during during any time you're you're doing any games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once the license is approved and received, does a community need to keep certain records of events that are held under the license? Yes, you need to, to keep records of the things you buy for the event. So, for example, you need all sales invoices, the gross receipts from conducting each games of chance. So you have to, if you do 50-50, you have to have documentation of how much money you received and how much money you distributed. 
Um, the cost of each game of chance and other related expenses, total prizes paid out or fair market value if, if you're giving out gifts, some you know non-financial uh, prizes, uh, any proceeds that are made, what you did with the proceeds, the winner's names and addresses for prizes more than $600, sales invoices from merchandise prizes or written statement from a donor indicating the fair market price and records relating to printing or purchase of materials. Now, that we do that by um, submitting invoices to, we have a treasurer that, that um, manages the funds and um, she keeps a record of everything that we reimburse people for. So it's pretty. E it's a pretty easy thing. It sounds like a lot, but as long as you keep your receipts and you uh, keep a record how much money you made and how much money you you gave out, it's pretty easy. Uh, and and the records. How long do you typically maintain them? Is that addressed in the statute? It's not addressed in the statute. Um, however, we have we keep all our financial records, uh, I believe it's seven years. Okay. Let me ask you a, a related but uh, sort of sort of on topic but but also kind of on a different tangent, I guess. Um, I assume that most of the receipts that you're collecting are cash. Is that accurate for, for the events that you've held at least? Yes. Uh, well, Actually, if if we have an event, what happens is let's for for example, let's talk about night at the races. Um, we per well, we rent the tape, um, and oh, um, each person that comes, we also feed them. So um, it may cost I don't know thirty dollars for someone to come and, and have food and um, participate in the the event. Um, we, so therefore we have usually their checks. Okay. Um, and we have a record of each person actually, because you have to sign up of each person that's there. I don't think that's really necessary, but, um, just, just keeping a record of how much you have, um, the well that you bring in is probably is good enough. Right. And so the, the reason I ask regarding cash is because it, it brings up different issues about uh, internal controls, who, who can collect the cash, who makes the deposit, all that. I, I assume that if there were, you know, large amounts of cash being collected at these events that you would recommend that uh, an association board have procedures in place for the handling of, you know, who can collect it, who can deposit it, who stores it, those sorts of things. Yes. Which would just we make you know, yeah, but, you know, acting as a responsible board, you would want to have those procedures in place. Exactly, exactly. And we have um, several people, we have a fundraising committee. And for example, we do the, the pull tabs at the fun night at the races. So um, we have several people that are there collecting the money and counting the money and that that and that's cash. So yes, we have we have um, procedures in place. Right. Okay. We talked about different types of events that that your community has hosted uh, under the, the Games of Chance license. Are there certain types of events or activities that that the license does not cover? For example, what if a community wants to host a casino night? 
Yeah, our community wants to do that, except for that it's illegal. Uh, it casino, is, okay. yes. Any games that might be included in casino night are not permitted by the license. Uh, actually, the only places that um, can be licensed are casinos themselves um, for um, anything, um, any any games that might be used at, at a casino night. Right. What about bingo? Does, does everything we just talked about also apply to bingo or is that a totally different category altogether? That's a totally different category altogether. Um, it falls under Pennsylvania Statute 10, Chapter 9. It requires a separate license. The bingo law stipulates nonprofit organizations which have conducted business two years prior to the application can get um, a license. So you have to be, you have to, you can't just start, unless you're a senior citizens group, um, you, they can get immediate um, license. And it's only for one game site. So if you have several places that you wanna hold it, it can only be held in one building that's, and their license is a hundred dollars for bingo. But again, you can get a one month license, a 30-day license for bingo, and um, that's a little less expensive. We have the full year, both small games of chance and bingo licenses. Paula, let me ask you about uh, your community, Traditions of America at Hanover. Um, what did your community do with the proceeds from these types of events? Were, were, they, were you raising money for charities, or did you use the events to raise funds for the community? Well, we have uh, a special fund called the TOAHCA fund, which is Traditions of America at Hanover Community Association, TOAHCA. And um, it is um, governed, if it's, it's overseen by a, a finance committee. Um, and so we put our, our winnings in uh, and our profits into that fund. And it's used for purchasing things for the community that are not in the budget. For example, we purchased a fire pit. Um, it wasn't budgeted for, but the community wanted one. So um, the money came out of this TOAACA fund uh, for the purchase and installation of, of a fire pit. Um, also in that fund, our facilities committee gets $200 a month to be able to do things like change light bulbs and, and um, repair something small. So they, they actually have an allotment of $200. And our social committee has an allotment out of that fund of $100. And they use that for things like um, Cinco de Mayo wine and cheese and Valentine's Day wine and cheese and, and, and any event that would be um, that they aren't charging for, that um, they would need to buy something, food or decorations, et cetera. Does the board uh, typically have to approve all those expenditures? Anything over $100 uh, is approved by the board, except the facilities is allowed 200, the social committee is allowed 100, and we have a kitchen which is stocked with paper goods, et cetera. Um, and that is a hundred dollars a month. Um, they can, they can purchase things from that for that. 
Well, Paul, it sounds like your community has done a lot of research and, and uh, put a lot of effort into this. And this has been really a wealth of information for our members, especially for association board members who might be thinking of organizing events like these in their own community. And there are certainly, as we've been talking, uh, it occurred to me that there are a lot of pitfalls that an association board can fall into if they don't do this right. So thank you for this information. This has been terrific um, and helpful, I think. Do you want to add anything before we wrap up? No, thank you. If, if anybody has any questions, they are free to contact me. All right. Thank you again, Paula. Paula Hari with Traditions of America at Hanover. And for more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-pa.delval.org. And thank you for listening. <laughs>